Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 13th. Less than a day left, folks. Uh, 2019, I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we are recording on Wednesday morning because last night you went and saw a new little Broadway play that is uh, seeming to make a little bit of headway in the Broadway grosses called To Kill a Mockingbird. On this past week's edition of This Week on Broadway, Peter and Michael had quite different opinions of this show. I, of course, came down uh, on the side of Peter Felicia in that the show is a great and good work of theatrical art. Having seen it now, where do you come down in this argument? Are you on the side of right with me and Peter or the uh, side of wrong uh, with Michael? Uh, right. Uh, might makes right. Is that the Camelot yes. thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think that I agree with you and Peter. Uh, I, I have to go back and re-listen to Michael's discussion about um, To Kill a Mockingbird because I, I just – I was blown away. I was riveted Every single moment of this two hours, 40 plus minute, uh, I, it just Celia Keenan Bolger. Oh my goodness gracious. She's mm-hmm. so, so good. And, and, and the whole, the whole thing was just unbelievable. And, uh, as I mentioned to you in some text messages last night, I really, uh, as somewhat of an Aaron Sorkin scholar, I, I think I see a lot of his fingerprints in his telltale totally. dialogue in uh in, in some of the things there and so i'm very interested to go back and compare to kill a mockingbird um book against uh sorkin's play uh, adaptation and see if maybe sorkin was uh inspired by harper lee uh you know and maybe all these things that i thought were sorkinisms all along were really from his homage to harper lee so I, I'm very. Uh, I'm just blown away, and in that, uh, every, uh, what I said to uh, a few people last night was that um, uh, the people who need to see that play will never see it, and see it in both the metaphorical and physical way, physical meaning. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you there, though. I th- I think that play. Yeah, there there are a lot of people that need to see it that won't, but I think that that play was as much for us as it was for other people, because I think, and I've said this before, so I won't belabor it too much, but I think a lot of people look back on the West Wing now and see it as lionizing a certain type of political uh, idealism. And I think in this Sorkin, and they see that as a bad thing and that they've, they people have held up. This as too much and don't really understand what has to be done to get things accomplished. And I think this play was kind of Sorkin acknowledging that and saying sometimes a blind idealism is not actually productive. So for me, I thought that that was very much a message for us, um, uh, uh, as they say in the prom, which we'll talk about here in a second, liberal Democrats from Broadway. Uh, I think there was definitely a message for that. And that's actually what I took away more than maybe the normal traditional messages that you get from To Kill a Mockingbird. I, I think that's an excellent insight, and I hadn't thought of that until uh, until you just you just uh, mentioned why, it. So yeah, that's why we make a good team. We go together like Ramalama Lama. 
<laughs> yeah, different musical, not the pro- – anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But one more musical I want to talk about before we get into the news, and that is Be More Chill, which officially begins performances on Broadway at the Lyceum Theater tonight. We talked about it earlier in the week, uh, but did just want to remind you it is the first of two big Broadway um, first previews coming up over the next few days. And also uh, our friend Mark Hirschberg had an article in Forbes that came out, I guess, this morning or last night um, talking – about the fact that this is a little unusual because Be More Chill is making its Broadway debut tonight. However, there are still a ton of regional productions going on around the country. And this is weird because the show has become a bit of a regional uh, and, and licensable hit following its 2015 run in New Jersey. So it, it's not like weird that it's being licensed before it comes to Broadway because that was its unique trajectory. But what I do think is interesting, James, and it might have to do with the fact that this – I think this Broadway run is kind of uh, was at least a little bit unexpected um, that they didn't just restrict the licenses. This happens all the time. And we've talked about it before when shows get a Broadway run, they restrict the licenses across the country so they don't compete against themselves. Not that a show in Sheboygan is necessarily going to compete with a Broadway show, but uh, this happens all the time. But it's interesting that because of the nature of this show and who loves this show, um, that the producers and the rights holders decided not to do that. My favorite quote from the Hirschberg article was Andrew Lloyd Webber. Did you notice that? I have not seen that. No. What, what did he say? Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, you, they asked him about School of Rock, and School right. of Rock they did something very is similar, very yeah. similar and licensed. And Andrew Lloyd Webber's like, I'm all for it. I don't understand why people just don't do it. And I thought to myself, exactly. That's why we have so many productions of Phantom of the Opera. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. They have made it a, a limited licensing thing. I've seen some high schools have done it, but uh, not very not very often. You're very right, sir. All right. First up in the news, the critics weigh in on Freestyle Love Supreme, but they don't have any phone footage. No, no phones. They couldn't take any notes with their with their phones. They had to do it the old fashioned way. But yes, uh, Freestyle Love Supreme officially opened off Broadway last night. And this is not a. I mean, I don't even know how you describe this. It's definitely not a play. It's not a musical. It is its own incarnation. It is a hip-hop, improv, comedy show all rolled into one. It is uh, playing at the new uh, home of ours, Nova, the Greenwich House Theater, the Greenwich House Theater, sorry. Um, It'll be playing through March 3rd. Doesn't matter, though. You can't get tickets. It is completely sold out. Um, It, of course, is a longstanding uh, improv hip-hop group uh, that occasionally will feature guests like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Christopher Jackson, James Monroe, Iglehart, David Diggs. They are members of the group, but they're busy at times. Um, but it's a great group. They had a TV show. I love them. I wish I could see this. And fortunately, James, the critics seem to like it too. Let's start with Jesse Green from the New York Times, who made the show's a critic or made the show a critic's pick. Again, not that it matters. You're not getting tickets. Uh, Green said, "Quote: If the words and action are unfailingly surprising, the music is more predictable, mostly bluesy chords that allow the improvisers to spin out noodles of melody. Even so, when the lyrics and melody land in the same emotional place at the same moment, the sensation of great depth is like that of any good song multiplied here by the difficulty factor. And if you've ever seen an improv show, the music is something generally that they'll either know or something really familiar so that they don't have to worry about figuring out what the notes are, that they can add something interesting on with what they're saying. 
So that's a really good insight from Green. Uh, Matt Winman from AM New York gave the show three out of four stars, saying, quote, the improvised rapping was both verbally sharp and musically robust, with the lead vocalists aided by human percussion effects and keyboardists providing bass and melody, while the tone alternated between broadly comic and genuinely heartfelt. Frank Sheck of The Hollywood Reporter said, quote, Directed by Kale, Tommy Kale, the director, uh, the show proves fast, furious, funny, and wildly entertaining. It is also blissfully free from distractions, what you mentioned, James, since audience members are required to deposit their cell phones in sealed pouches upon entering the auditorium. The minor hassle was easily offset by the opportunity to concentrate fully on the performers whose amazingly quick thinking deserves nothing less. James, I think... Um, all of these people that are in freestyle love Supreme, not even mentioning, you know, those stars that I mentioned earlier, uh, but folks like, uh, Bill Sherman, who is the resident music director for Sesame street or, uh, Utkarsh Ambedkar, who is an actor, uh, as well. And all these folks do other things and they have other jobs. So I don't know if this is possible, but man, I just give them a theater, give them, give them a little space, let them do a, like a residency somewhere. Cause I, this is something that is so unique and, and so, um, theatrical, but also not that I just wish they had some sort of residency doing, you know, eight to 10 shows a month somewhere and let those people go off and do their other things and then come back and have it. So it's an ongoing thing. I feel like this completely sold out two month run or not even two months. I don't think like seven weeks um, is all all too short. And uh, I'm, I'm very jealous of those people that get to see it. So think about uh, things like Jason Robert Brown at Subculture. He's got his uh, standing dates at sub yeah. Subculture every mm -hmm. month type of thing. Maybe Freestyle Love Supreme at the New Drama Bookstore. Oh, that's actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, that might be that might be in the cards. That's a good call, James. I think uh, I think we need to call Lynn. Let's uh, let's call Lynn and suggest that. Sure, I'll put the bat signal out. Yeah, the okay. Lynn signal. The yeah. Lynn signal. <laughs> Batman looks up in the skies and he sees. Oh yeah, that one's too big for me. Yeah, uh, we've got to call Lynn. <laughs> I can't save the drama bookshop. I, I can't do that. I'm just a, a billionaire Bruce Wayne. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. What do we have in show and casting news? All right. We had a few things that I want to run through. Yesterday, Mean Girls announced the first plastic replacement as original stage Gretchen Wieners Ashley Park will depart the show on March 10th when she will re be replaced by Christina Alabato, late of American Psycho, American Idiot, This Ain't No Disco, The Mad Ones, Lazarus, the National Tours of Spring Awakening, and Evita, in which she played Perone's mistress, and many more. She's a regular fixture on stages across New York and the country. Alabato is fantastic, and I think that she'll bring something actually pretty different and interesting uh, to the role of Gretchen that I, I think as much as I love Ashley, it'll just be something unique. Um, but I don't think that she will be the last replacement announced over the next few weeks. I can see a lot of the originals extending um, Barrett, Kate, Gray, Kyle, maybe even Erica, but I'd imagine Taylor Louderman, who is already posting on social media about pilot season, um, will be heading out of, of the high school set soon. Um, but Regina George is a deceptively difficult character to, to play, I think. So I will be excited to see who they cast to take over for the Tony nominee for the other Tony nominee, since Ashley Park was one as well. Uh, but next up, some initial casting for this summer's Williamstown Theater Festival was announced. Um, it's I'm just going to run through some of it because there was a, a, a lot of shows that they mentioned. But I'll run through the highlights. We'll have the rest in the show notes. But. To kick off the main season from June 25th through August 18th, 
Essa, Pedro Merkerson, and Francois Batiste will lead a production of A Raisin in the Sun, directed by Robert O'Hara. Then from July 16th through the 28th, Mary Steenburgen and Jesse Tyler Ferguson will, need a, will lead a new play by Bess Wall, directed by Lee Silverman. Next, from July 31st through August 18th, Uma Thurman, Uma, Oprah, Uma, Oprah, will lead a new translation of Henrik Ibsen's Ghosts, which is a interesting uh topic uh, for a show if you uh, aren't familiar with that one uh the season will feature then four shows on the second stage and you can check out all that info again in the show notes and finally in this section james in less than two months the great dame maggie smith will return to the london stage for the first time in a dozen years in a new play by christopher hampton called a Ger- a german life i keep wanting to say a germain life but that's not what it is it's a german life it'll be directed by jonathan kent who really should get back to work on his farm in smallville uh the the one woman show will be about the life of Brunhilde Pomsel, um, including, you know, her time, you know, working in the office of the Nazi Reich Minister of Propaganda, Joseph Goebbels. This is a true story and based in large part on uh, interver- interviews and testimony she gave on her deathbed. Sounds like fun. Uh, the show will begin performances at the Bridge Theater on April 6th for a five week limited run through May 11th. Uh, what do you think, James? A one woman show interesting topic dame maggie smith if this thing is any good you think it might have a, a life elsewhere maybe uh in in the west end or at a larger nonprofit theater in london oh i i'd imagine even if the show was not good dame maggie smith alone <laughs> would justify moving it, it yeah, you know get right. her to you know dame we're gonna have you read the second part of the phone book this week you know and people will still people still out i'd money. go oh yeah yeah I'd i would go. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. She's, you know, you got to mix that DNA of Dame Maggie Smith and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Jennifer Ashley Tepper. See what we come up with. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. All right. What do we have in recommendations? Okay, two things real quick. The first is uh, something I mentioned earlier. Uh, the Prom performed on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers on Monday night. And in their previous TV appearances, two of them, they did um, like a, a little bit of a medley from the end of the show featuring the high school kids. However, this time they did um, the – well, the Beth Level song, uh, It's Not About Me, that features more of the adult actors. It's very funny, very in. I, I, I don't know that all the humor translates to non-theater fans, but that's where the lines were liberal Democrats from Broadway comes in. Um, so a lot of fun. I love seeing that Beth level is such a freaking star. She's amazing. So, um, and you know, so is Brooks Ash Manskis, who's just kind of a supporting part in this song, but they're so great. If you haven't seen this video, watch it. If you haven't seen the show, get a ticket, you will not be disappointed. Um, and then also, um, we, we are, we love the interval here. We've had um, the intervals founder and, and editor Victoria Myers on uh, on things in the past, but they released their latest in-depth uh, profile uh, yesterday, and it is uh, on Lear de Bessonet, who is having one heck of a run here. Uh, she is not only the um, the artistic director of public works. She's going to be directing uh, the Hercules adaptation. She's also now the co-artistic director of city center encores and she does, or the, actually the artistic director of city center encores and does all these other things. And, and she's fantastic. And she's, um, just such an interesting character. So if you haven't read this, it's, it's a, it's a long read, um, it's a, but it's a great in-depth profile from Victoria, um, who, who wrote it and, uh, really great stuff there. And, and somebody who, if you are not intimately familiar with the uh, you probably will be soon because, uh, she's going to be one of the next big things. Yeah, I actually saw that yesterday, and I meant to send it on to you. I'm glad you saw that as well. 
Um, what other news do we have? Okay, let's finish off the show today because at the top of the show, we mentioned Freestyle Love Supreme at Ars Nova's Greenwich House. Well, the next show to take that space is officially announced yesterday as Ars Nova's company and residence, The Mad Ones, uh, officially said that Mrs. Murray's Menagerie will run from March 26th through April 27th, directed by another female director going big places, Lila Neugebauer. The show uh, centers on a focus group for parents whose children watch a 1970s children's program television program uh and quote over stale coffee and donuts a group of strangers navigates the murky waters of american belief and perception now if you are not familiar with the mad ones basically every one of their shows becomes you know kind of one of those must-see hit for theater insiders so when tickets go on sale to the public on february 26th if this interests you make sure that you uh, are on those tickets uh next up yesterday the public theater announced that lee wilkov peter Jay Fernandez and more will join Michael Stahlbarg in Socrates beginning on April 2nd. The show written by Tim Blake Nelson and directed by Doug Hughes is currently scheduled to run through May 19th. And finally, James, my favorite ambitious outdoor site specific immersive regional theater, the Serenby Playhouse out on the outer edges of the Atlanta suburbs, announced casting for the first show of their 10th anniversary season. The Gary Geld and Peter Udall uh, musical Shenandoah will star American Idol turned teen angel Taylor Hicks and Broadway star turned country music artist Rachel Potter. The show will feature an actual 100-person Civil War reenactment as part of the production and will run from March 13th through April 7th. They will probably have a real rainbow as well. <laughs> yes, very well could. Very well could. But uh, uh, yeah, they, they've got some other really fun things coming up in the season. They're doing um, a revival of hair. They did hair in one of their first seasons. They're also doing ragtime, uh, doing a bunch of other uh, really cool stuff, doing Pocahontas, a new adaptation of Pocahontas written by a Native American playwright. So check out uh, Saren B if you were in the Southeast. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow morning.